So we'll see how this goes. For sure. This new, new app. You didn't have to do anything different to your audio quality or anything like that. You just had to install the app. Then yeah, it's going to the background. Yeah, just install it, and then I had to sync it to Dropbox okay. so that it like uploads to Dropbox, cool. I guess. That so makes sense. Okay. Yeah. What's the app called? Uh, Call Note. Call Note. Okay. I just use something called MP3 Skype Recorder, but like you mentioned, yeah. it's only for Windows, so. Right. That's the trouble. That's the trouble with it. Uh, I am on a, my other computer, though, because I didn't want to upload that onto my main writing computer. I see. Oh, hopefully that doesn't affect the audio. Oh, well, we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to find out as we go along, because that's how we do. Playing this fast and loose. Loose and fast. Uh, no, I don't like it. Just because I reversed it, that made it weird? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. It's that simple. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what's new with you? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> End of the show. That's uh, it. I got an A on my final. Congratulations. I had on Monday. That's, so that's good. dope as hell. Congrats. It's looking like three A's and a B for the semester, but it might be two and two. That's we'll great. See. I didn't yeah. doubt you for one second. I knew you could do it. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, in, it's that environmental science that's like, was killing me. Mm. So, you know, I mean, all the papers that I had to write too. It's boring, but whatever. I'm curious how the Judaism yeah. class went. Like, did that turn out how you well. wanted it to? Yeah. Yeah. It turned, I mean, it was. Uh, it was more philosophy and things of that nature, like that we were reading about. Mm -hmm. Um, I expected more studying of like religion within the class, but it was like more, I mean, it was, so he had fiction and nonfiction within the context of the whole class and so some of the readings were like crazy German philosopher type of things um, that was just like ramblings or this guy's idea of what like the, you know, Israel, what would eventually become Israel, but like a Jewish state would be or things like that. Um, and then some of it was like, like I told you, I read Mouse. So like. This is a biographical, and then some of it were short stories. It was all mixed in. But I thought it would be a little bit more of, like, day-to-day religious practices and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was, it, was, it was a good, like, it was an interesting class. But, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how you made it sound when you were getting into it, too. Like, it was going to be um, more religion stuff. Yeah, and it was it was, like a lot of philosophy about Judaism by Jewish writers Mm -hmm. and philosophers. So that was a big part of it. Cool. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, and I'm glad you did well. That's cool. Yeah. I I feel good about it. I'm glad to be on a break right now. Yeah, yeah. I think um, this time of year especially, you know, it's easy to get distracted with the holidays, and it's just easy to get into, like, that, holiday funk that so many folks go through. Right. So I, um, I want to know from you 
and of course from the listeners. Like, how do you how do you get over the holidays? How do you get through the holidays? How do you uh, make yourself not sink into that hole? I don't. Well, I guess I should ask too before you even go down that path. Like, do you find yourself like ever like circling the drain, kind of? When during the holidays or ever? Yeah, just during the holidays. Like specifically, um, like, do you like have holiday related, uh, you know? Like bad things sadness. always happen to me around the holidays, which is why my friends call me Tiny Tim, because uh-huh. I still believe in like, yay Christmas and everything like that. Um, I just stopped caring a long time ago. I think not a long time ago, but within the past couple of years, I don't put as much pressure on holidays, and oh. it makes them easier to deal with. Yeah. So not- I I don't I don't know, like I I don't really. I get bummed out around, like, my birthday, because I'm like, ugh, another year, all right. Uh, but, and then, like, New Year's, I kind of get that way. But I don't really have a lot of problems with Christmas or holidays like that. Yeah. I just don't, I kind of have reached the point where, especially in the past couple of years, where I'm like, I'm just kind of treating this like everything else. Like, whatever. It's just a another day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's good that it doesn't get to you like that. I know for some people it does. It's for me, too much pressure on it. That's why it gets so bad. Like yeah. they think everything has to be perfect. They think they have to make a perfect dinner or get the perfect gift or get gifts at all or have X, Y, and Z figured out. It's like not like most of that stuff does not matter. Mm-hmm. So stop. Like, don't worry about, like, how your Instagram is going to look compared to other people or things like that. <laughs> just don't worry. Just stop. Like, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah. And with that, you just described the uh, Agretzko holiday special that's on Netflix from the Hello Kitty people. So I don't even know what that is. It's a little, like, um, I want to call it, yeah, she's a red panda. She's one of Hello Kitty's okay. friends. But she's the one okay. that's got, like, the the dark side. Like, she's an office worker by day. And she gets all anxious uh, about everything in her environment mm-hmm. because she's so soft-spoken. But then at night, she goes to the karaoke lounge and she sings like hard rock metal type music to let go of all of her anger. And uh, yeah, it's 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 the best thing that's come out of the Hello Kitty camp since the uh, the egg-looking thing. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah. I don't know if I remember seeing anything ever of Hello Kitty other than merchandise. I did not know it was a thing outside of merchandise to That's sell. interesting. I mean, well, yeah, not only is it merchandise, it's merchandise on everything, but there right. was a, there was an animated show. It was like Hello Kitty's Fairy Tales. That was on when I was a kid. I mean, that makes sense, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I've only ever known it as a thing that's on other things. Like that property is very protected in the way that they usually protect Mickey, where they don't want to like yeah. sully the image, so they don't do anything, you know, too uh, risque, or allow people to like control right. it. But you know, they've kind of loosened the reins a little bit with Mickey Mouse, and they've done that, definitely done that with Hello Kitty, um, so much so that you know, it's they put Hello Kitty's, uh, you know, image on massagers and stuff in Japan. But that's a whole different story for another time. <laughs> yeah 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 i don't get it man like um it's interesting because like every other uh every other person i meet is a hello kitty fan but it kind of just ends there it's like people like the visage they like the image of hello kitty right right that's that's what i mean like that's what it's always been 
and I don't I don't really know a lot of people that like Hello Kitty either. That's, yeah. Or maybe I just haven't asked. Oh. Isn't that something that comes up commonly in conversation either? Like, you know, I've been surprised by some people too. Like, even in my family, like my aunt, um, she's like an architect and she's like one of those people who's like an adult and you can't remember her being anything but grown, right? Uh-huh. Um, but she's got a little Hello Kitty wallet when she opens up her purse and she like squeeze and everything. It's so funny. Like, that's, that's the thing. Huh. That's the thing that gets her. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, and everybody's got their something. I'm not harsh in that at all. Yeah. It's just the people who are interested in Hello Kitty would surprise you. Well, would they surprise me anyway, because it's just like, oh, you like Hello Kitty. Interesting. Okay, cool. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, Gretzko is a different thing altogether. They they really just, like, introduce this character, because they, they roll out these characters every now and then just to put on new merchandise. And they introduced the Gretzko, and it was kind of like floundering. But then Netflix is like, "Hey, we see potential here. Let's develop a show. Let's let's co-produce this uh, this anime about this character." It's a little short, thirty-minute episodes, but it's very um, I don't know. It's 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 charming, and it's got a story. So it's yeah. something different for them. Yeah, I just I can't like get into anime. I've tried. <laughs> it's just not like I'm like cool. I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I feel, it feels like I should. I, I keep, and it's not something that I obsess over, because I do enjoy anime occasionally. But I always try to think like, what can I recommend to you, knowing what you like, knowing what your tastes are? What can I recommend to you that'll get you on board? And really, I haven't encountered it yet. But <laughs> when I, I like do Avatar, yeah, Is that anime. That's anime light. I mean, it's still like right, Western. Right. Or it, it's originated in, in the West, but like it's like Star Wars for like sci-fi fantasy. Like, yeah, of course, everyone right. likes that, you right. know? Right, right. But it's definitely got that Western uh, ideal uh, right. attached to it. Uh, and and as much as it like has a beginning and an end too, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That was one up. of the things I really loved about that show. Oh was yeah, it, it was a complete story. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, um, it's the opposite problem that like, uh, BBC shows have where it's like, oh, I really like this show. Oh, great. Yeah. You better enjoy it because it's only six episodes long and then it's gone forever. <laughs> I am starting to appreciate that a little bit more though. Like as, as we've gotten so much content yeah. over the, the, particularly the past couple of years where you're like, oh my God, there's too much to watch. <laughs> it's kind of nice to be like, ah, I can watch this in, you know, a weekend. Yeah. Yeah. At that. But the downside, the downside to the BBC stuff and the British stuff is like, okay, they have the six episode series, they end it, but then five years later they come back and say, hey, let's check in on Luther. <laughs> let's see what he's yeah. been up to. And you're like, yeah, shit, that's weird. That's right. I really like Luther. Oh man, I can't remember what happened on the last one. And they expect you to know like exactly what went down. Like, oh yeah, you know, that, that definitely is a weird thing that they do. Their scheduling is very strange. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember I was deep into it crowd when that was a thing, you know? Yeah. And, I've seen a couple uh, episodes of that show and it was pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty decent. And yeah. you know, those actors have gone on and done incredible things after the fact too. Uh, yeah. Like all of them. Basically yeah. from top to bottom. But, um, yeah, it was one of those shows that just like took time off and then they were like, Oh, we're doing a reunion, but it's not a reunion. It's just series five. And right. here we are. Or this is the Christmas special. That's another thing they do too. It's like the Christmas special. And oh, then I they love just, that, though. you know, I love that. I think that they should be doing that with shows like The Office or whatever. 
Well, they that was what I was thinking of too. The UK office, though, like they right. could just have like the Christmas special, and then that'd be it for another year. Right, but that's a great way to keep that stuff going without like you know completely reviving it and having to bring everyone back and for a whole thing. That's true. I mean, would you rather see like some of these revivals that haven't gone well of shows <laughs> where it's like this they didn't think this through or, you know, eh, just have like this nice hour long episode? Well, you know, the the lines are blurring a little bit too now because I, I did see that something that you and I both enjoyed last year is coming back again, which is that um that Norman Lear project that he's doing with Jimmy Kimmel live in front of a studio audience. Oh, really? Is yeah. it? I didn't hear about this. So it's coming back. They're doing, uh, last time they did, what was it? Uh, All in the Family and the Jeffersons. Yeah. Yeah. This time they're doing another All in the Family episode with the original Ooh. cast returning, but they're swapping out the Jeffersons for good times. And they haven't announced who the cast is for that yet, but it's on next week on the 18th. Wait, already? Exactly. Holy shit. Yeah. And all they've done is like announce guest stars for the, uh, for the All in the Family segment. They've gonna, they're, they're gonna have, uh, well, Michael Eisenberg is gonna be on there. Right? That's his it, name? Eisenberg? Yeah. Jesse Eisenberg. Right. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that cast is just ready to go then for All in the Family. I'm, that's, that's nuts. Right. But they haven't said boo about who's gonna be in good times. That is weird. Yeah. That's very weird. I don't very. understand them. I don't even know oh. where they would pull from in, in the good times, like, lore. Would they go with the beginning? Would they go after James left the show or he died or whatever? <laughs> I don't think they'd go there. I don't know, man. Just assume, like, oh, she's a single parent now. That's where we're at, guys. Oh, my God. That'd be rough. <laughs> it would be because it's like there were episodes of good times that were just sad. Like, yeah, just straight up, just like, damn. I mean, the same thing with... Um, I mean, damn, damn, damn. Uh, okay. Yeah, the same yeah. thing with uh, All in the Family. There were some of those episodes like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, that this was, is rough. That was very much during the period of a very special episode, you know. So, do you remember the episode of All in the Family? We don't have to get too far into this, but do you remember there was an episode of All in the Family where... And there, this might have been two separate episodes, but I think it was like a cross burning in Archie's lawn type of thing. Oh. And then there was like a swastika painted on his door or something like that. I don't remember like, that. It was some, it was some <laughs> intense shit. Like that show had rough stuff going down Man. at times. Well, that's who Jesse Eisenberg is playing. He's going to be a Nazi oh, and a Klan that? member. And he's a, no, I don't know. I, uh, I'd be shocked at all. If no. that <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, we're talking about a man who's played Lex Luthor. You know, it's just, hey, it's all uphill from there. Yeah. Well, so. <laughs> he was the worst Lex Luthor. He, you know, I kind of think so. But then again, Kevin Spacey's in the mix, so it's hard. Ke- it's a hard oh, choice. yeah, Kevin Spacey was pretty bad, and he's a rapist. Yeah, so Kevin Spacey can, can have that award. Right, right. Like messed up my mic thing. It's bothering me. Don't do that. Does it sound weird? Uh, no, you sound fine. Okay. Yeah. Let's just be my adjustments. Anyway, yeah. that was fun inside baseball, guys. <laughs> let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's, Keep let's, it. yeah, oh yeah, totally. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's talk about getting racists? this show started. You said, let's talk about racists. It's <laughs> like crisis. Oh my God. I'm like, shit, this is going to be a hard episode. No. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas, everybody. It's going to talk no. about. 
Let's talk about racism, guys. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Lex and Matt's Excellent Adventure. Thank you guys for tuning in once again. Uh, I hope everybody is getting everything they need done at this time of year uh, for all your holiday needs, uh, because definitely you want to get your family T-shirts and Chotsky based on a podcast that only you listen to. Check out our Threadless shop. You can find the links at LexaMapPod.com to all of that, our social media. Uh, follow us on there. Give us a rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever you're using over there. You know, because that stuff matters. So, thank you. Subscribe. That Subscribe. matters. The downloads matter. The downloads, the Patreon. My goodness. All that stuff. Show us some love. Yeah. <laughs> Do the thing. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm, I'm one of your hosts. I'm Matt Peters, and I'm joined by Lex Lutz, as always. And, hello. Uh, yes. Yes, hello. Um, we're here to talk about some happy shit. So forget everything we said before. Let's Racists on in, on infinite earths. <laughs> we got ra- <laughs> we got racers. We got lots of racers and maybe not some racists. I yeah. don't know. I don't judge. Yeah, I do. What am I saying? Of course. I, I was do. gonna say. <laughs> I, I feel like this is a case where you should judge, but yeah, this is this is one of those yeah. rare cases where yeah, you know, fucking punch judge a Nazi. Just, just a little bit, bud. Yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> so you want to get right into crisis right away, huh? I feel like we should because we're also doing a mini episode and we don't know how long. Whatever. That's once again, guys, inside baseball. Inside baseball. Anyway, I just want to talk about Crisis too. <laughs> it was so packed, man. And we should okay. Fair warning, like we're going all out spoilers because yes. I don't feel like dancing around it for this. So if you haven't watched Crisis, you care about spoilers. Pause us. Go watch Crisis. And then come back and listen to the rest of the episode. That's one thing. You may be thinking to yourself right now, hey, I have to catch up on all five or six of these CWDC shows. I can't watch Crisis. Trust me, you don't have to. You can watch, like, even if you are familiar with the characters. Hey, don't watch any of it. You're fine. You're fine. I'm, like, three years behind on every single show. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you. It's tough to keep up with them. Well, that's that's point number one for me. So far, I am really impressed with the way that they subtly slide in little plot details about what's yeah. going on on these individual shows, you know, just to get you up to speed. <laughs> so, so you can watch the show and still enjoy and understand the weight of the decision that the characters are making. Um, the only thing that kind of threw me off a little bit, the only thing that I think I needed to look up... Um, was the whole thing with uh, Oliver's daughter Mia? Right. Like that her was story, or just where the hell she came from? Oh, isn't she from the future? Uh, she's from not only the future, but she's from an alternate uh, timeline. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So uh, she's yeah, like she's they've, his... they've been having fun with those <laughs> these <laughs> timelines and alternate uh, Earths. So right. Right. Makes sense. What's funny too is I, I have been keeping up with. But she Flash. is Felicity, like both of them, right? Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah, that's because she seems like a, a perfect mix of the two of them. Right. Right. That's their co-daughter. So, um, Felicity, the actress that plays her, I can't remember her name offhand, but she was uh, she was notably absent from this whole thing. Which, well, they haven't done the Arrow episode yet. 
Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's just weird that she wouldn't even like pop up. She was mentioned. She was referenced. They, uh, the, the, the watcher, not the watcher, the anti, the monitor. He was yeah. basically just saying like, you know, I, uh, recruited her to get her help in translating this tome and stuff like that. And it's like, cool. Uh, can we, can we check in on her? Can you give us a little, uh, cut over? See how she's doing? Nope. Is she not dead? No, she's around. I don't remember. No, I, she's I around. No, the actress has left the show. Track. Yeah, what's the name of the actress again? God oh, damn. man, I don't know. I'll, I'm bad I'll at this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's one thing. That's one thing that kind of got under my skin Felicity a little bit. Smoke show. Felicity Swalk. Swalk. <laughs> Emily <laughs> Bett Rickards. Okay, yeah, yeah. No Rickards. So it's, it's the couple that I'm rooting for, but I never want to see them live happily ever after. Because Why? I, this, this, people say this shit all the time about couples on shows, and I'm always like, why? Well, it's a little different for me. Like, I, I totally get it. Um, and I understand where you're coming from with that point, but. Felicity is in hiding, is the current state. Right. Her and, and, and William, uh, Oliver's son. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, it's not that it's like, oh yeah, it's gonna make the show boring and shit like that. It's like, we saw them living happily ever after at one point. Do you remember this? When they were in that little, fake town when they both retired and they left star city to the rest of teen arrow. And it was basically like a Willem Sonoma catalog from yeah. life. Yeah. And it's like, Oh shit. If this is how they end up, if this is what their life is like, I am not interested. <laughs> because I mean, it's... you're not going to watch all of that. Just like the, you know, you don't want to watch a whole show of, the Smallville Superman now, like right. the Smallville Clark, which we'll get into in a few minutes. But like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you're not going to watch a whole show about that. Like, I, I want to counterpoint that, like, because that that at least is a little interesting. Like Clark dealing with like small town issues. It, it'll be like a One Tree Hill or a Gilmore Girls at that point. You know, like I feel I like, mean, yeah, him and Erica Durant could carry a show. No, I agree, but we're talking about. Like the hero not being a hero anymore, kind of thing. So, yeah, I understand. I'm like, eh, all right. <laughs> uh, so I guess that, see, this is what's confusing. Okay. So Mia is born, and the monitor came to help uh, get Oliver to help save the multiverse. Right. So, and then it says Felicity is in hiding with Mia. So, is this like, She's in hiding with the baby. Right. But, like, they brought the adult baby. They bought the adult from the future somehow. Yeah, that's kind of where I got turned around. Because I, don't, I, don't know, I still don't understand. They're, they're at the point where, like Lost, they're, they're now doing the, uh, the Flash sideways sort of deals, I guess. Right. So we're seeing some type of dystopian future um, with... Lost uh, was not confusing, though, so... Right, 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 right. right. Well, to the common person, yes. <laughs> but to you, no. obviously not. No. Um, it wasn't, but okay. Uh, sure. um, yeah, like it, it was just, uh, it's weird. I don't know. All I know is that, all I know is that we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, there's, there's stuff what? falling. <laughs> okay. And just to, there's a lot going on right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. 
Okay, so, yeah, I don't know, man. I just, for them in particular, we've seen what it is like when they have their happily ever after. I don't want to see that ever again. I mean, the the idea that Oliver and Felicity would just, like, retire and stuff like that, those two characters in particular, I don't want to see that. I like seeing them as a partnership fighting crime. Like, that's cool. I like them as a couple doing that. That's dope. Yeah, that's the problem that I have. It's like this idea that they can't be a couple doing that. Right. I, I don't understand why they... Because, like, I feel like the Barry and Iris relationship has completely broken this idea that heroes can't have a spouse. Yeah, yeah. Because I've always hated that for years. They pull that shit all of the time. Like, they did on Smallville, like, as much as I love Smallville and everything. They kept doing that. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Oh, you know my secret... And knowing my secret's going to put you in danger, so I can't have that. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're already in danger because they're in your life. Right, right. And the world is a dangerous place. Right. <laughs> so like that's anything just... Anything to put anyone in yeah. danger. I mean, really, the whole thing, especially with, like, Lois, right? Lois is going to get in trouble because she is nosy. That's her but job. She's a reporter. the times that Lois got into trouble were just on her own. Like, yeah. it had nothing to do with Clark. Well... You know what? I'll even put the cherry on top of that. The reason that Lois had to work so hard as a reporter is because her husband would, yeah. was setting unattainable goals to get these stories as Superman, <laughs> writing yeah. about writing about Superman as Clark Kent. She had to work like fucking four times as hard as that to get these types yeah. of stories. So if anybody's to blame, it's Clark. <laughs> I'll give them credit too, as far as now we need to see the Superman show. But I really like that in this universe that they've created, Lois and Clark are in it together, yes. like completely together. They don't have any problems, like other than like normal problems. Right. They are married, like they have a kid. They're they're cool. That so cool. I give them credit for for extending that Barry Iris type of relationship into. Lois and Clark, who should be together. Like, that's. Yeah. Don't come at me with that Wonder Woman shit. Don't. No, I mean, that's. that's You know what? And the thing about it is, and, and this crossover should, you know, verify all of that. Like, there's space for everything. If you don't like Lois with Clark, you can read books and see stuff with Lois, or rather, <laughs> I was going to say Lois and Wonder Woman. They haven't made that yet. But you can that see is stuff. That's my book. <laughs> You can That's see stuff with Superman and Wonder Woman if you want to. It exists, you know? But in yeah. this particular show, we have Lois and Clark, steady, got a baby, doing things. This is, and, and, and to me, the actress that's playing Lois on Supergirl is like the most likable Lois so far. I think she's Ooh, got, you know? Erica Durance. But. I, I like Erica Durance, but she's not likable. Like, she's very kind of just like ha ha i got you you know so it's like a little bit i don't know like smarmy in a lot of ways you know like she's still spunky and up and coming and just like doing her thing well this lois is like settled in her tenure and i like that you know a little bit more mature oh okay i can yeah because she's supposed to be a li- they're supposed to be a little bit older oh, than yeah. what the Lois and Clark were in Smallville. So I under, okay, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I, I do like this Lois. I want to see, I mean, I really want to see a Superman show now. Now, this, this cross, I was kind of eh about it before, but yeah. now that the, this crisis crossover has completely sold me on a Superman show. 
I <laughs> need to see this show. Like I need when they put Jonathan into that that ship and sent him away. Yeah. Mirroring how Clark was sent away and it like his own parents and everything like that. I was losing it. Like I was like, "Oh my god, this it, I mean, it was sad. I didn't expect him to hit me that hard that, so early. And we don't know how it's going to end. I mean, anything is possible at this point because the stakes matter. We have Mark Guggenheim. We have um, Marv Wolfman, who wrote the original Crisis. Right. Uh, be- behind the scenes, like, figuring out what's going to happen here. All these showrunners have come together. It's anybody's game at this point. I mean, we know that certain people's contracts are expiring and certain people are, you know, coming on and everything like that and they're going to stick around. But when it comes to where they're going to end up and, you know, this. Yeah, the, that's the, the only thing I hope that they don't try to, to reboot Superman for this show mm-hmm. using Crisis. Because well, I like what they've already built. I can ease your mind a little bit with that. Because with the Superman spinoff, they're okay. attempting to cast uh, a teen boy around the age uh, between 10 and 14 as their son. Oh. So, so they're going to find a way to age him. If anything, we're going to get a little bit further in the future. That's, you know. that's awesome. I'm um, Like the, oh God, what is it? The latest Rebirth books. Yeah. Of Superman, which is one of the some of the best Superman stories mm-hmm. I've read, like hands down, that good. Um, I, I I was like shocked. I'm like, oh, you understand Superman? Okay, this is great. Uh, yeah, that's that's good. I'm very very intrigued by that. I am too. I am too. Um, like my only complaint about this whole crisis thing is the fact that. It's hard to make Tyler Hoechlin look like the shit <laughs> when he's right next <laughs> yeah. to Brandon Routh. And Brandon Routh's all like doing the pose and just super cut and oh my tall. God. And, okay, and Brandon <laughs> Routh, yes. But real quick, Tom Welling yeah. is like even bulkier than he was when he was playing Superman. I was shocked by yeah, that. Like, me too. He's giant. I mean, they, they acknowledge it too. Like yeah. they're like, oh. Shit. Okay. Um, but but yeah, I agree. It's tough. Brandon Ralph is the classic idea of what we think Superman looks like. Right. With the right. exception of his eyes, they do that weird. They put those weird contacts in. I'm like, I hate this. <laughs> I don't like fake contacts like that. I mean, even the stuff that Brandon Ralph was saying, just like you know, I'm. I gotta keep fighting because this is what I do, and just like, just yeah. real, just like gung ho and shit. Like that's the type of Boy Scout you expect to be Superman. Yeah, Tyler is just like, I'm part of the team. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, I do think that they have to incorporate more of the Boy Scout into yeah. the TV show, and I think a way that they can do that with the crossover is to have his Superman be very inspired by this yeah. alternate Superman. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so like he can kind of look to him and go, Oh yeah, that's the man that I, I should be. And, and you know, look up to him in a way. Cause he was, he's an older Clark as well. So like, right. it's almost like a, a father. It could be like a fatherly figure at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, something to aspire to. Always, I mean, one thing I really always liked about this is getting really deep in the Superman lore. But like, one thing I always 
really loved about Smallville was how they incorporated this idea that Jarrell was not a good person mm-hmm. and that it was a battle with destiny and becoming like your father slash your race that they, that like they weren't the kind of person that you were raised to be by the people who found you. And like this conflicting between the family, you know, and this other family that you were born to, but don't actually know. And I, I always like that struggle. So I think if they kind of incorporate the idea of, okay, he's kind of struggling with making sure that that to me, it's Superman isn't just automatically a Boy Scout. Like, that's why I think people don't understand him. He's just like a normal person who's struggling to do good and be good within very gray world. Well, let's not, let's not get too far. Well, he's just very good at like being strong, like in his values. True. True. And we've discussed that before. So let's not go down the Superman path too much. Let's talk about, crisis a little bit more i was impressed that they actually um had some people on the writing team uh for the smallville cameo uh that were writers on the original smallville show so that is as authentic as a reunion as you're ever going to get yeah did they not have i feel like they they didn't have they don't have smallville writers on that show already i don't know enough about the writers i feel bad (laughs) no i mean that's i mean really like writers people in the writing room who aren't like showrunners don't get nearly as much like credit as like you know the main producers and showrunners and stuff like that so i mean i can't tell you anybody who worked on lost besides like damon lindelof and carlton Cuse and uh, jj abrams of course and that's pretty much it um oh god what's his name Shit. If the you say it, I'm just gonna believe writer. you because I don't I don't have a Jeff John. Oh, Jeff Johns wrote for uh Lost as well? I'm like ninety nine percent sure. Let me look it up. Oh, you know what? I think you're right because they had that um that Green Lantern comic in there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, just kinda like as a nod to him. Alright, mm-hmm. so that makes sense. So Crisis, who's who were you most surprised by so far as far as cameos go? I'm going to be honest, next, no one. Because okay. they, they've announced all of these. Yeah, So it's yeah. really just when are they going to be there and how much are they going to be there. I, I do I think gotta, they could have they, they could have been better at that. Oh, just keeping that close to the vest? Yeah, I yeah. think so. I was surprised by uh, Lucifer, honestly, because the actor that, that plays him, like, straight up denied Denied, denied, denied oh, that really? he was not going to be in it. Yeah. Oh, was, okay. I didn't know that. Saying, I guess, like, when he showed up, I was like, oh, I guess he's in it. I, by the way, I was wrong. It's Jeff Loeb. Jeff Loeb oh, was Oh, Jeff Loeb. Okay, that makes sense. Loss. Yeah. And then obviously Smallville. Okay. Yeah. So I was surprised that, uh, that, that Lucifer Morningstar was there. Um, yeah. I, um, yeah, I ended up being surprised by that. Um, yeah, I was surprised. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking of Constantine. I wasn't surprised by Constantine. I was surprised by Lucifer. And yeah. especially, like, the properties are different with that. So right. it's kind of like how Supergirl was on another network. And, you know, like, can they actually make this work? So that was interesting. Yeah. Oh, that was uh, Tom Ellis is the actor that plays him. So, yeah, being a Netflix uh, actor, I wasn't expecting to see him over there. Um, speaking of which, the other Can one that. Oh, yeah. 
Okay. I think it's in its last season now. I think the last season is in production or either just came out. But I was also surprised that they found a way to put the Titans in there because that was like no one said anything about that at all. No, they did. They said that. Yeah, they did. Mm, Okay. They did. They announced that. But, I mean, they're not in it in it. They just use, like, some footage from the scrapped season finale of the first Titan season to put right. them in but there I for a Right, but I remember reading second. about that. Okay. All right. I must have missed it. But that's cool that they managed to put them in there, too, because, like, I mean, that <laughs> they're just opening up the world so much, you know, just, just opening all these doors. And it's like, you never know what could happen now. And that's so cool, you know? Yeah. So we yeah. know that they're going to have to go back and reestablish some of these worlds. So right now, where it stands at the end of the uh, of the the third uh, chapter uh, of the crossover, we still got two yeah, left. Yeah, I I just found a uh, uh, July. They said that they were going to be in. So like when they were doing all of these announcements and stuff, mm-hmm. that they, they they were like, oh yeah, they're going to appear in it, but like it, it's appearing in it. Yeah. And that's fine. So, I mean, that's all we needed, really. It's cool, though. Like, yeah. it is really cool that they did it. And I'm glad that it was a surprise for you. And if we weren't covering Crisis extensively, like we have been, mm-hmm. I probably would have been surprised by quite a few of them, too. There were also quite a few of them that I was like, what is this? I would not have known had we not talked about, like, the Birds of Prey one. Yeah, I think everybody was scratching their heads with that one. <laughs> and I was also thinking, too, like... um with the uh, the Kevin Conroy appearance, like you, they did they did a great thing by letting you hear his voice first before he appeared mm-hmm. on screen. I thought that was brilliant because as soon as you see him, my mind would have automatically gone to, oh shit, they got Lionel Luther as Batman for some reason. Okay, because they look very similar. Yeah, they do. How did yeah. what did you think of his appearance, of, of his uh, like character arc as Batman? You that. know what? Were you I, okay with it? Were you? I like, um. I think they they had to. They felt like they really had to put a twist on there because yeah. Batman, Batman in general. Well, I feel the same way about the Tom Welling thing. By the way, like they like they have to have the twist. That that is the feeling with it. So yeah, I mean, you you basically painted the, painted the picture. You put them in that like, look, you can't. He's not going to do this. It's not what the show is about. You just yeah. kind of like telegraph that. They telegraph that from jump. So we knew what was going on there. But the yeah. Kevin Conroy thing. There was some potential. I think there was a little bit more potential because this is his first time playing the character live. So it's Uh like, he'll do anything. You know, he's just excited to be there. And they made him a Kingdom Come-esque version of Batman. Um, And that was cool. But the whole twist of him being like a murderer or even more so of a murderer and just kind of being jaded at that point in order to, uh, you know, I guess kind of kick Batwoman. Uh, in, in the rear and just get her in motion. I thought that was interesting um, because it, it gave him something to do uh, and made him less of the usual Batman deus ex machina where it's like, oh, Batman's going to save the day because he's here, you know? So I feel like uh, Batman being in the mix for more than that would have overshadowed the whole thing. Right. So I'm kind of... I, I Okay, so this is... <laughs> I, I feel like you're perfectly describing kind of how I feel about the the Smallville thing as well, which is like I, I kind of feel the same way about the Smallville one as, as I do about the Batman one mm-hmm. in that I and but I should I should preface this with saying as I just went on a long rant about Superman, like I'm much more passionate about Smallville and Superman. However, 
I I both like that they did something unexpected, but also feel a little bit weird about it. Yeah, yeah, because it's what you wanted, you know? I I think that's what it is, too. It's like, selfishly, I would have wanted more of Kevin Conroy. Exactly, yeah. But I knew that, like, they have literally so many characters and main actors to address and deal with. Because we haven't even addressed the elephant in the room here, which is like, in the first hour... They killed Ollie. <laughs> we haven't addressed the main story, but let's keep talking. Let's let's talk about these two cameos, and then we right. can get into like the the like actual meat of the show. Okay. Because well, actually, we'll, we yeah, no, 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 that's right. <laughs> Sorry, my brain's going. Okay, we watched these three episodes, and we delayed the podcast so that we could talk about all three episodes. But now right. I'm like, wait, which episode was it? <laughs> so, so like I felt weird and I messaged you about this because we were talking while they were airing, which I found helpful because I think it helped me remember a little bit more. I was almost like I shouldn't talk to Matt about it, but I was like, I have to during yeah. these episodes. <laughs> um, I felt a little bit weird. I was like it was almost like bittersweet happiness about the Smallville conclusion. Yeah, because Clark doesn't have powers. And I was messaging you about this and he like he gave up his powers. Right. For his family, which we don't know how or why that happened. We just don't know, know any details of it. We don't know when. But and while I was super happy <laughs> uh, that he <laughs> was in love and had daughters, and that that made my heart very happy for Clark. Yeah. And I understood why he, even though we don't know the circumstances, why he would sacrifice for that. I also was like fucking lex is president and the world still needs superman and he just left right. like you just left them right and that kind of fucked with me a little bit well we do know um a couple things with that one there are so many other heroes on this planet um by the time he but by the time his story finished we had a justice league or a, a teen titans whatever you want to call it at that point to kind of pick up some of the weight, you know? Um, we know that there are characters specific to the Smallville universe that can help and that sort of thing too. Yeah. We don't, we also don't know if he lost his powers by choice. Like he lost them and then just didn't try to they get seemed, them back. They seem to imply that it was a choice. Yeah. Yeah. I did kind of get... He didn't seem to care. <laughs> <laughs> right, he really didn't. And he did not care. He was actually very happy. Like, it was almost like um, it kind of felt like how people are now. Uh, you know, it, it was it was like kind of just like a, an example or you know a, a stand-in for. All right, this this villain is president right now, but I got to keep living my life, so I guess I'll just keep doing this and try to be as happy as possible that's what that's what kind of bothered me too though where i'm like you have to do something please (laughs) Uh, but okay so and i and i kind of felt a little bit the same way about but almost for other fans i was like man are people gonna be really upset that like they got kevin conroy to be (laughs) batman live action for the first time and they end up making him a psychopath villain Like is that gonna is that gonna really just like be a knife in the heart to a bunch of people? You know what? I would hope that people don't just shut the book that way. Um, I mean, I hope so too. Well, and I say it because you know you look at somebody like John Wesley Shipp, 
And you're like, oh man, okay, God, so his was the best cameo. Holy shit! Yeah, so let me backtrack a little bit with John Wesley Ship. John Wesley yeah. Ship, for those that don't know, was the Flash on the 1990 series that unceremoniously just ended, but was one of my favorite. I mean, it was basically one of the only superhero shows out there of its kind at the time. I really dug it. A lot of people did. And when they bought him in, which is uh, something that the CW shows do, they bring in the legacy cast of some stuff you remember uh, and new roles. And so it was cool that they let him play Barry's dad for a while. Right. And then uh, throughout the show's history, as we go to other dimensions and other universes and through time, John Wesley Shipp has played other characters as well, including Jay Garrick. With the you know the the classic costume uh, yeah. from Earth, and this was, one was Barry Allen. Yeah, right? but okay. in Earth, in Earth Two, he was Jay Garrick. But in Earth Ninety, from Earth Ninety, which was a mm-hmm. world that was destroyed in another crisis, I think the last one actually. Yeah. Um, he was that universe's Flash. He was our Flash from the nineties with that velvet ass speed <laughs> oh suit that he has. A terrible suit. Oh, I loved Awful. it though. It just you know it brought back all the feels. Like we did real. text each other about. Barry's suit in Crisis and the current suit that Barry has and like we both agree this is the best suit he's ever had. Yeah, yeah, because like 90, 90s Barry, it's right, like Dustin, like yeah, Flash yeah. Barry, yeah. But 90s Barry, his suit is so molded onto him. Like, it's this is a legit <laughs> cow. Like he would have to vibrate <laughs> yeah. into it every time. Like there's no other way. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel bad for Wesley uh, for John Wesley Shipp because it's like they got to sew him into it, and it's probably like a whole process if he's got to go to the bathroom or something. Yeah. But I digress. Um, he had the best arc, and 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 the fact that he got closure, and I don't. <sighs> it was it was an emotional moment. It was because it was really great. It was really great, and you you think and about they it. They played from... with us just like with the Oliver Twist, like the Oliver Twist. <laughs> Son of a <laughs> They got you. This is all what? just a ploy. They got you. <laughs> That's the name of the fucking episode. God the damn. Oliver Twist. Yes, oh. I love it, dude. Okay. Oh, God damn it. But you're right. They did get us because <laughs> they they think. I mean, they've been. They've been laying this out for the past two years on the Flash. Like Barry's, well, no, since the beginning right. of the, the Flash of the show. Die in crisis. Right, Flash is missing. It was on the newspaper from like the far future, which at the time was 2020, um, and now here we are, a little <laughs> bit early. Uh, yeah, we're yeah. old. <laughs> it's a little early, but the crisis is going down, and like these you know, don't remind me of Passage of Time. I'm not a fan. <laughs> Not interested. Um, but yeah, Barry, all this last season has been dealing with the fact that he may just be gone. So he's anointed, um, uh, uh, vibe as like the new team leader of Team Flash. And, you know, he's had all these confrontations with people and being accused of just giving up when he just keep fighting and stuff like that. You know, the usual stuff on TV shows when a character knows that they're going to die, that they're living on borrowed right. time. And so for them to do this big twist like this and end up Seeing our Barry lose not only himself in a way, but a man right. that looks just like his father. Yeah. Oh my God. It was. Oh, and it, he's lost so much already. Like yeah. it, it's just the layers of it, you know. And just like you could hear the desperation in his voice from from jump. And this is this is another example of why Barry and Iris are such a great couple. Yeah. Because you could see. And you can understand, Barry was visibly 
just unsure about himself from the beginning. Instead yeah. of like, you know, doing the the traditional, oh, you've got to like, you know, man up and get it done and sort of, you know, yeah. Iris, Iris stepped up. She was going on missions with the other heroes. Mm-hmm. Like, look, I am in this stuff that Barry wasn't even around for. Like, she went to the other dimension to help out with the Superman issue and yeah. everything like that. She was just there. She belonged. She was present and she was just a force to be reckoned with. And it just made you love Iris even more. Yeah. 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 Iris so. is the, I mean, she's the best, like, counterpoint for all of the heroes, right? Like, like yeah. we can agree. So Oliver's counterpoint would be Felicity. Um, Kara's is Alex, her sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, Superman is Lois's. Lois is his counterpoint. Lurcis's. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like uh, Brandon Routh and White Canary, like they're kind of the legends are all some big, right? Polyamorous like, sort of <laughs> thing going on in their own world. So that's fine. Um, they're all each other's counterpoint. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. They even found a way to bring in uh, Captain Cold and uh, Heat Wave, yeah, which I thought was dope. Yeah. So, like, Iris is by far the strongest of the bunch. Like, and she's, she's yeah. her own, she's her own character while simultaneously being a great partner. Right. And it's it's really well done. Right. Um. It was cool to see because they brought in Black Lightning as well. And I don't want to gloss over that because this is his first appearance in one of the big crossovers. Um, his Earth got destroyed. Uh, they yanked him over to help out with a certain issue they were having before the, his Earth blew up. Yeah. And just hearing him talk to Barry and talk through, uh, you know, what they were dealing with at the time, all the loss and all the, all the, 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 need to continue on with what they're doing. Is for he the still alive good. at the end of this third episode? I can't remember. No, no. no. Okay. The only people that are alive are seven, uh, Paladins. No Paragons. Paragons. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. Oh, well, our six Paragons and Lex. Yeah. Lex yeah. He made himself. <laughs> How the fuck does that work? But okay. You know, I was telling D like, because, okay, there are certain iterations of Lex Luthor where it's like, okay, he's legitimately smart. Or, all right, well, he's just, uh, you know, there for comedic value, you know, like on the old Superman movies mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, he's just a, a an evil presence just to be there and to be, you know, vamp, vamp around and chew up scenery, whatever. But John Cryer plays Lex Luthor like not only is he smart, but he read the comic beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So much so where it's like he's just going to try something and he knows it's going to work because he's in a comic book. He's like, you know. He seems to really understand. Yeah. Like he gets, he gets how the, how the universe works. And, um, you know, they had the post show. They had a couple of, of episodes of the post show with Kevin Smith where he was talking to the actors and the production team. And, uh, those are really well done too, by the way. So if you can go back and watch those, check those out. Yeah. And he's talking to John Cryer and John Cryer is just like, who I forgot was in Superman 4 as Lex Luthor's son. I did, son. too. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, completely whiffed. But he was, like, just a straight-up, just, like, you know, um, just there for, for uh, just to be, uh, you know, a problem. He was a problem child, basically. Full head of hair, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so everything against, you know, and he, he wasn't about, like, intelligence and, and defeating Superman. He just wanted to, like, live his life and be a punk, you know. Right. Uh, but, yeah, we get this version of, of Lex Luthor, who seems like he just grew up from that, 
Lex, Lex Jr., yeah. you know. So, yeah, it's kind of it was kind of a cool take on the character. And as he was explaining, they didn't intend for him to continue to play Luthor for this long, but the audience loves him. So they just kept bringing him back. Yeah, which I love. I love that they listen to people in that way. That's good. Yeah. That kind yeah. of stuff is good. So Oliver's storyline. So Oliver died in the end of the first episode, which is <laughs> nuts. Like, right. And he was so, basically like, "Yeah, you expect him to die, but you didn't expect him to die that quick." Yeah. Let's but let's set the let's set the table here. Oliver, we knew that Arrow was on his last season. They're going to do a spinoff called uh, Green Arrow and the and the Black Canaries or whatever. You know? Wait, what? Yeah. I don't know. I can't keep track of all this shit. So they're doing a spinoff. Is it going to be his daughter? They're they're working on the spinoff. They haven't said anything about it. It's probably going to be his daughter. Yeah. It's probably going to be Laurel and the other Black Canary, whose name is Casey right now, who's on the show, who's currently yeah. the chief of police. Um, they they've all had amazing glow ups in this past season from being like vigilantes, like. Yeah. You know, it's just Wild Dog is is like working with the uh, you know with the mayor's office. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Black Canary is like you know the the DA. Laura's right. a DA. <laughs> like, right. all of you were in jail at least twice. How did this? Whatever, whatever. Yeah, anyway. you're all doing great. Yeah, they're doing awesome. So, <laughs> so basically, um, yeah, they're gonna end Arrow and they're going to do this spinoff. And we knew, like, all right, we might lose Oliver. We're probably gonna lose Oliver. Stephen Amell did his tearful goodbye when they filmed the last scene of Arrow, but you know him. You know Stephen Amell. He's all about the surprise. He's all about the twist. He plays it close to the vest. Um, they killed Ali and they haven't brought him back. In fact, they pretty much solidified that he's not going to be a factor anymore. Right. So that end. So, okay. So they kill him off in the first episode. Right. And then they go, they bring him back in the Lazarus pit. (laughs) Which is always. It is soul. Yeah. Yeah. And then they bring in Spectre. Mm hmm. Which I was like, okay, so was there any explanation? Because Oliver seemed to understand. Well, Oliver had been in the afterlife for a bit now. Like, his his soul had been in the afterlife already. And Spectre... Well, I'm saying, like, from the time that they killed him to the time that they brought him back with the Lazarus pit, a couple of days had passed. Like, that body was kind of stinky. So there's... Yeah. He was there. Um... (laughs) And who knows how time moves in the afterlife in right. purgatory or whatever too. Uh, we that's when they that's kind of inspector. I was like, what the fuck? Right. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> like that. That's where shit kind of like got off the rails. So for for John Corrigan to show up, I'm like, man, they just they trust this audience, and that's kind of cool, you know. Um, with the whole Lucifer cameo, something that I didn't notice that some eagle-eyed people pointed out is on Earth six 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 appropriately. Uh, there was a, they, they showed like a cityscape. It was Los Angeles and there was all kind of neon signs and stuff like that. But they had a poster that said Watchmen on it. Like it was an HBO show on this earth or something like that. Okay. <laughs> so it's the Watchmen made it into the crossover, <laughs> kicking and screaming as well. So. Right. <laughs> and they, they made sure the next day to tweet a thank you to Dana Lindelof for that because he's the show okay. for Watchmen. So yeah, it's, it's official. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we got a little bit of everything. My my only thing with all this crossover business, now they bought in, of course, our favorite animated Batman. Are they going to do something like Supernatural did with Scooby-Doo and try to bring in some animation at some point? Like, somehow? I don't know. Maybe. 
Who knows? I don't know. Anything, I feel like anything's possible. With anything these shows is possible. Anything's possible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's like, it's too much almost, but you know, in at the same way. time, in a good way, but at the same time, it's not enough. And I say that because it's odd. And I think this is the first time they've done it this way. They showed all three of the first episodes back to back to back, three nights in a row. That was like, what, yesterday the last one came on? So December 10th? But yes. Yeah. Okay. So they say, showed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they showed those three, and the last two episodes are going to be an episode of Green Arrow, which we don't know who's, we don't know what's going to be left of the show for the second half of the season now that Ollie's gone, and then the season premiere of uh, Legends of Tomorrow, but those don't come on until January fourteenth. Yeah, bud. <laughs> we gotta wait. We gotta wait. But in the meantime, they're doing something unique. Yet again, which is they're releasing a special like uh, comic tie-in that features Felicity that's only going to be available at Walmart. I'm not going to read it because I don't want to go to Walmart. <laughs> yeah, those suck, man, because you can't even buy them online. You physically have to go into a Walmart to buy these 100-page uh, giants. Yeah. yeah, that's a hard pass for me. but That's a no. hard pass. But if anybody wants to go to Walmart and pick me one up, please... Let me know. I mean, yeah, if someone wants to send us copies, sure. You got our you got our PO box. It's right there on the Instagram page. Hit us up with a yeah. copy. <laughs> yeah, send us. Send us a copy. I mean, people are Christmas shopping. Your your travels may lead you into a Walmart, whether you want to be or not. So if you see it and you pick it up, send it to us. We'll appreciate it immensely. So yeah, there's a lot going on. A whole lot going on. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's what I'm trying to go through. Um, I thought I, I thought Supergirl was great. I think the the Batwoman Supergirl dynamic has been fantastic. Yeah. Like so Agreed. well done. Yeah, and I like Supergirl's pants. I like yes. uh, I like her costume yeah. now. Agreed. Her costume's yep. great. Um, their dynamic is great. Uh. I'm trying to like go through all. I really like Mia. We've talked about that. Like his daughter. I think mm-hmm. she's great. Yeah, she like was a scene stealer. Like she was great with her delivery of just lines, just pointing out like, okay, this is kind of weird. Sure. All right. Whatever. You know, just the, the actress is, is well cast and, uh, they did, she, yeah, she's a good fit for the show. Yeah. Uh, so now, yeah. So now I don't know where they go from here. Um, it's yeah. nuts. Man, I, I'm excited. I'm still excited for it. I'm just disappointed we gotta wait so long, but I was shocked that they killed off Brandon Routh's Superman too. Well that, Well I mean that we know of. Like he's of gonna now. he's gonna be back. There's no right. doubt about it. Right. You know? But as of now he's his Superman is dead. Yeah, he's off the table. Right. And yeah, that's their heavy. So they replaced their heavy with Lex Luthor. So Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I completely glossed over this. So something that's kind of bugging me, and I don't know if the answer lies on Supergirl, um, you're way more caught up with it than I am. Sure. Martian Manhunter. Yeah. Why doesn't he turn into Martian Manhunter like ever? Uh, God. He has on the show, and there's a yeah, reason like I remember. for it. I can't remember. Does it hurt? It must. It must be like painful or something, right? Let's 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 find out. I'm gonna okay. look it up. So I'll, I'll, t- I'll talk while you do that. So like basically on the 
on the cartoon, I believe, or in different iterations of, um, you know, Martian Manhunter, John Jones, they've alluded to the fact that maintaining that human form is difficult for him to do because it's just so intricate. Whereas being, <clears throat> excuse me, being <coughs> the, the Martian Manhunter, uh, in that form is a little bit easier, but even that's not his true form. He's got like a monstrous form of uh, monsters to us, to our human minds and, and, and brains. Minds and brains is the same thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just we we see it as monsters, but it's their natural state. That's all I'm getting at. So I'm curious why he decides to just be a dude in an aviator coat. God, I can't because he's they've they have suited him up as this several times. Yeah, but I want to say that um, was like close to the to the beginning of Supergirl. Now, now I'm trying to find it. Um, I'm wondering it, if it's like a budget thing. To be honest, that's that's well, what I'm. <laughs> I would hate for that to be the answer because with how much they're blowing on the budget, with like the hundreds of demons flying around and all the super people and all the arrows being shot off, you know, you'd think they'd be able to kick some cash down right. and put some green paint on the boy. But I also think it's just a practicality thing too because. Getting painted green head to toe, even with the CG assistant, you know, that's that's got to be a long day for him. And going from show to show in that green paint, being driven around all of Los Angeles to record all your cameos on these different shows, that's got to suck. Yeah. Hmm. It's just got to be a practicality thing. It's got to be it. Man. This is, <laughs> like this. This is really, like, there's so, first of all. Yeah. These Wikipedia page, whoever's writing you, you guys are extensive. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's so much to to absorb um, in this in this crossover. I think people really aren't paying too much attention to that, and that's why it hit me at the end of our, our conversation about Crisis too, because there's just so much. It does say that um, that like he he can change his form at will. <laughs> um, but he's had issues. It says due to the fact that he was retaining his powers, he couldn't pass biometric scans. Oh, so okay. Like, and he couldn't like get into certain areas with like fingerprints and stuff like that. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, it's not enough of an explanation. For no, me right now, so. we're we're gonna have to dig into it. I Weaknesses. guess we'll come back. Maybe this is it. Okay. Fire. <laughs> Fire is one. Yeah. I yeah. I was just hoping that like they would. Explain it, but I don't see it. It's always funny when they put weaknesses for people and, and stuff like that, and it's like fire. It's like everybody's weak to fire. I'm weak to fire. I, you know, <laughs> that's one of my weaknesses. Yeah. <laughs> Getting stabbed in the face. That is a weakness for me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm scared of the thing that will burn me alive. <laughs> is that not rational? Martians okay. are scared okay. of fire. Yeah, you know who else is? Everybody. Yeah. Everyone yeah. else in existence. Frankenstein is scared of fire. Yeah, no yeah. shit. No right. shit. You, you know, go ahead and wave a, a torch in front of somebody else's face to see what happens. Right. <laughs> Those goddamn pitchforks, no wonder he's scared. Right. Oh, man. So, yeah, that's a lot. Thank you guys for bearing with us. We we were we are so excited about this. This it's amazing. It's amazing. Welcome back. Yeah, it's very well done. I feel like yeah. you can watch it even if you haven't caught up. Or I mean, like yeah, you're gonna know some things if you go back and watch all these other shows. But I feel like it's like 
it's worth it. Just go and experience it. <laughs> like this is, it, it's a really cool thing that they're doing. Um, the production is just off the chain. It is yeah. off the hook. It's yeah, great. everyone involved with this, no matter what they're doing on these shows, should be so proud of their involvement because they're doing a hell of a job. Yeah, yeah, and it's actually great to see some of the uh, the faces behind these shows too. Like I, I didn't know like there the was behind a scenes that uh, videos that they've been playing. Yeah, like well, yeah, that and just the, the interviews that Kevin Smith's been doing. I didn't know there was a black person as the showrunner of The Flash. Mm-hmm. That's kind of dope. Yeah. And it explains how they get a lot of stuff so, like, right on that show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, just before we move on from the DC stuff, and I'm so sorry, but I, I got to give I gotta give special love to uh, Joe West on the show, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, he, knowing that Jesse, Jesse Martin, he's, uh, you know, just an amazing performer. He's always done a great job on the flash, but the knowledge that his adopted son is about to give his life up. Like he wears it on his face so much so that there were so many episodes this past season where I'm like, man, you know, he really seems like he's just like either tired or just sad about something. And you know, all the other characters are trying to deal with it in their own way. And they kind of have their quirks and they have time to laugh. But Joe has just been like, riddled just with anguish about this yeah he's messed up and like, it's it's crazy yeah. and it's just a great performance by jesse l martin so i just got to give special credit well, he's to him like a broadway dude and everything right like he's oh, absolutely. a very talented actor very talented great singer you know just he's he's the dad yeah. <laughs> he's a great dad so um all right let's move on let's talk about something else how do we okay <laughs> I guess we'll keep we... talk well, I guess we'll keep talking DC a little bit. The okay. Wonder Woman trailer. Yeah. So what do you we think about talk that? About, like both of these trailer notes that we have. So Oh my god. That Wonder Woman looks so good. It does. Holy it really does. Shit. There's so many questions that I have about it and that, I'm part. excited. <laughs> <laughs> you said what? That's the best part. Like that yeah. it's like it leaves you with all those questions and wanting more. That's right. And she actually completes the trinity of Kingdom Come uh, designs that we've seen because in the trailer we get to see her in the full, like, golden eagle garb with the wings coming out the back. It's just glorious. I love oh, it. Oh, my God. So good. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm i in love with this franchise. I don't really give a shit what else happens in the DC universe as long as we keep getting these Wonder Woman movies. Like, I don't think throw yeah. all of the money at Patty Jenkins and mm-hmm. Gal Gadot and let them keep making these movies. I mean, there's room for all of them to exist, and I understand there's a fan base for all of them. Um, oh no, even, I'm just kidding. I, I'm, even, I'm rooting for them. I, you know, I just I'm like, give me this. Well, I was gonna say there's space for all of them, even Aquaman. So you know, it's sure. it's fine. You can have his vision. <laughs> Everybody has their favorite. Everybody has who they're rooting for. I'm rooting for all of them. Even even the uh, the, the Birds of Prey movie coming up. I'm I'm excited yeah. to see what they do with that. Well, I'm excited know, to see. I, you know what I realized as I was watching the Birds of Prey trailer during the Crisis crossovers, I was like, oh fuck, I'm just in love with Margot Robbie. Yeah, <laughs> and that's yeah. why I'm super excited about this movie. <laughs> and sometimes like, that's all it takes. It, it's it's just her. Like watching yeah. her on screen, she's so good. Yeah, that, you're, like, right. you're just like damn. <laughs> it's amazing. Like all DC had to Tanya? do. Sorry, just real quick. Did you see Itania? 
Uh, I haven't watched it since we talked about it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I am. I am going to check it out. She's going to win an Oscar for something at some point. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm surprised she didn't win an Oscar for um, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. She was great in that. Oh, oh my God. So good. And you, you still haven't watched Focus yet, have you? The movie with her and Will Smith? Where they're... No, I haven't. I haven't seen Man, it. Man, I, I love her in that. Like, really, that's yeah. the movie that made me pay attention to her. I love it. But so what, cool. I, what I was going to say is, like, it's amazing that DC is doing so well. Like, they're putting so many numbers up on the board just by uncoupling from the idea that they have to build a universe. Yeah. It works. Yeah, just make good movies. That's yes. all. Don't worry about how it fits in with this, how it fits in with that. I mean, if if anything, Crisis is, like, celebrating how many different directions these characters have gone in, and they're able yeah. to, like, tie them all together because people want to believe. People want to just, like, go, okay, this is oh. all part of some big quilt. Right. Is, also, Crisis is proving that you already have a built-in extended universe. It's on right. television. Right. And, and movies can just be movies. <laughs> and I mean, that's, you know... Like, and don't it's ignore not a, your, your television shows. <laughs> They're yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Which, <laughs> side note, I read today, unfortunately, that Marvel is shuttering the, uh, the Marvel Studios uh, television branch. Not surprised. Yeah, like, no, I mean that was happening already. They and weren't that's doing very anything sad anyway. for all of the people that are working Getting there. Laid off, yeah. Yeah. Like Jeff Lowe. Didn't they do that with Lucasfilm stuff too? With Disney yeah. take the takeover? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They kind of put it all in house, but yeah, I mean these people have really done some great work. You know, we've got producers and, and showrunners, the folks that worked on Daredevil, of course, and Punisher, okay. Jeff Loeb, who oversaw a lot of this stuff, including Agents of Shield. All of it's getting uh, rolled into. Uh, the MCU right. uh, branch. However, a lot of the stuff is getting canceled too. Stuff that's in production is going to continue because obviously they've already like put a lot of money into it. But that's why that's one big reason why Ghost Rider was just so unceremoniously just canceled all of a sudden um, because they knew that you know they weren't going to continue down this path. They weren't trying to grow this universe. So oh they, yeah yeah no need to put down roots if you're not going to stay right. So. That's fine. Like I, I understand that. I, I just yeah. don't think it was necessarily the right move, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Wonder yeah. Woman looks amazing. Um, Kristen Wiig. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm um, just excited to see her in things because I haven't seen her in anything for a while. It's been a long time. I mean, Kristen Wiig is interesting to me because she's comedically she's great. I enjoy her very much. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a dancer uh you know she's a she's a serious actress yeah sky's the limit it's just uh you know having been away from her for so long now it's like all right what version of Kristen are we gonna see in this movie yeah i think it's gonna be a little bit a little bit of both i think she's gonna have her comedic moments but it's going to be like dark comedy in the way that michelle pfeiffer was doing dark comedy in when she was catwoman yeah Okay. I mean, that'll work. That'll I be great, I think that's actually. what it's going to be. I think it's going to be like Catwoman. I just don't want it to be like a Jim Carrey, where it's like, yeah, we hire no. Jim Carrey because we want Jim Carrey. You know, no, like, I don't right. think it's going to be that. I think it's going to be more of like the Michelle Pfeiffer side of things than, than like that outlandish. Because that doesn't fit either. Like, right. Patty Jenkins is not going to direct her to do that either. No, no. I sure hope not. I mm-hmm. hope they're not mm-hmm. trying to get no. that. Yeah. So... That'll be interesting. When is that out? That's out next year at some point, obviously. Uh, June. It's right June. around 
June because I was like, oh, birthday. Birthdays. Every every year I'm like, what's the birthday movie going to be? So it's going to be this one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Um, (laughs) I think it's like the first week of June. So that's cool. I guess they're moving right ahead with these uh, Keanu Reeves movies too. Apparently, Um, what Keanu Reeves? I saw it was announced today. Well, we know that um, Bill and Ted 3 right. is happening soon. Um, but what we weren't necessarily aware of necessarily necessarily is that uh, Matrix 4 is becoming more and more a reality. So, oh no, these are actually coming out in 2021. John Wick 4 and Matrix 4 are both coming out on the same day, May 21st. Shit. They're going to move that. They, they won't have to. Keanu opening up against Keanu. Although one of that them. was amazing to see. <laughs> Holy shit. One, one of them is going to flinch. But yeah, it would be cool if you get like, you know what's oh. Flinch? What's that? John Wick. They'll flinch yeah. and put John Wick later or earlier or something. I think you're right. I think that Warner Brothers is too you stubborn. They go up against the Matrix. Yeah. It's the, that or, too. or the Matrix will be the one that moves, but it'll be a production thing. Because it's yeah. such a like big movie to make. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that they're calling that shot now, like, oh yeah, this is the day. Are the Wachowskis out. directing that this new yeah, one? Yeah, I think Lana is. Lana is okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be interesting to see. I'm excited for both of those films. I know that you know we talked about Matrix Four a while ago. Um, <laughs> I'm very. But excited. I think yeah, enough time has passed where it's like okay. They've learned a lot of lessons. I'm sure they've gotten a lot of feedback. And Sense8, I really enjoyed. So, you know, the lessons that they well, learned about... It's on my list. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, they've they've shown that they've grown as filmmakers. So, uh, you know, I can't wait to see how they bring those lessons to The Matrix and uh, beyond. So, I think I've talked about how I liked Jupiter Ascending, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I thought that was a weird, cool movie that needed work, but it felt like I wanted to see more of that universe. So I think that they can, they can make it work. Um, it might not hurt to have another like producer or screenwriter involved though. That can kind of help reel them in when they get too like convoluted. Yeah. Um, because the first matrix is a good, like it explores philosophical ideas while also being a linear film. Like, yes. And, and they get kind of broken up after that. Mm-hmm. And they get they get mixed up and and go on tangent. Yeah, you know, like but they need someone to reel them in a little bit. It tried to do so much, you know. And one of the things that I was reminded that they said a long time ago, the Wachowskis, that they wanted the Matrix to live on not as sequels but as other mediums. Right. So they put out. Um, you know, the Matrix Online, and they had the video games, and they were going to do comics and books and stuff like that. The Animatrix, you know, we've talked about that a little bit, too, in the past. Like, those, to varying degrees, did extend the narrative. But, of course, Warner wanted more movies as well right. to keep the franchise alive. I mean, and that's the, fair. The movies are what's going to really make them money. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, there's no movie. There's no money in comics and, and you know, video games at the time. It's like, it's a gamble. To say yeah. the least, and the first two games they put out for the for the Matrix, eh, they were kind of panned anyway. Yeah, uh, one of them starring Jada Pinkett Smith's character, and the other one I think was uh, supposed to focus on Neo. I didn't play either one of them, but I didn't either. Yeah, what was cool about the uh, the online game was that when it shut down, <laughs> when it shut down, 
they treated it as there was a virus in the system. And all the characters cool. across the board, whether you were brand new or tenured, you all, you had like all the superpowers available in the game, so you could fly around and punch through walls and stuff like that. And then when they shut the servers down, the last message was not like this, not like this. Oh my god, that's great! <laughs> like, I got goosebumps just thinking about it. Like that's so dark, but it's so great. <laughs> I'm sure that's on YouTube or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's always bittersweet seeing those. Um, you know, when servers shut down on MMOs and everybody kind of gathers around and just has like a little party to celebrate, you know, it's kind of sad because you're losing your friends. You know, you don't know if you'll be in the same place with these people ever again, you know, virtually. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So the other big trailer that we got as far as franchises are concerned was the new Ghostbusters trailer. Yes. So... What's interesting is this was a conflicting thing yet again. Okay. Um, I saw quite a few people calling it out for not being a comedy. Hmm. Um, for being that, I mean, it did look more dramatic. Sure. This new trailer. Um, so I guess it wasn't enough to completely eliminate women from <laughs> Ghostbusters <laughs> mythology. Lex, we also had to. Uh, it's never going to be enough, you know. <laughs> Oh, you think? Really? Oh, God. It's never going to fucking be enough. And even if it is enough, they're still going to blame the women somehow. Like, oh, well, this is their fault. It's like it's like Obama. It's always Obama's fault. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. This this Ghostbusters movie. Thanks, Obama. I think it looks I think it looks pretty good. I think it does, too. It looks like fun. Yeah, (laughs) it does look like fun. It does look uh, more dramatic, though. I understand that, like, it, it. you know, it does look like a darker reboot, almost. It does. I almost wish at the end of the trailer they just would have put the words, are you happy now, on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Coming out when we fucking feel like it. Are you happy now? Jesus Christ. And then just go black. I mean, the, new, um, the, the 2016 Ghostbusters was a good comedy. So It was. Fuck. And I was, yeah, that's right. Fuck you, 2016. <laughs> I was encouraged because when I went on Twitter and I delved into the comments beneath the trailer, yeah. I did see quite a few people sticking up for the 2016 one. And that was that was encouraging I to see. I think that we're getting two films that have been really panned because they're I think they portrayed women well or gave women voices or, you know, were diversifying was The Last Jedi and Ghostbusters 2016, and I think both of those films are like seeing their defenders come out now. Yeah. For because I've been seeing yeah. a lot of people out defending the Last Jedi within the past like year or so. Right. Um, right. And I think the Ghostbusters thing is starting to happen as well. And I mean, people are you know you've seen the comments I'm sure about when Ryan Johnson stepped down from the third one. Or from yeah. nine, rather, and they bought back JJ in the announcement. You you get the reaction from the actor saying, "Oh, you know, I breathe a sigh of relief, and I'm so happy." First of all, that's all like just marketing BS that they have to say, you know. Yeah, I to keep up appearances. Secondly, they're in, they're in like these. I don't think anyone understands what kind of press they're dealing with. So, yeah. what kind of press and what type of pressure? Because I was right. going to say, secondly, like you know, you get these. <laughs> Obviously, you're hoping any change like this is going to decrease the amount of just fucking trolls you get. Right. I mean, these women shutting down their Twitter accounts and their Instagram. We've talked about it. Yeah. But, yeah, it sucks. But with the Ghostbusters trailer, um, there were some, like, cute moments in there. 
Um, it's got funny moments, like, of course, with Finn Wolfhard involved, it definitely had the Stranger Things vibe to it. And that's what yeah. they were going for. And that's uh, understandable because it's, not, it's, it's a hot property. Everybody wants to be the next Stranger Things. But Finn Wolfhard just can't seem to leave these small haunted towns. He's I know. just cursed to forever <laughs> be a teenager. Yeah, he seems cool with that. <laughs> yeah, you know, he gets away. Yeah. But he uh, always gets pulled back in. Um, of course, the, I mean, hopefully everybody's seen the trailer. Hopefully nobody cares about the spoiler, but. Oh my God, get over it. Obviously, the lineage is there, being yeah. Egon's kids. Yeah, because it, uh, it's the daughter and son. They're both Egon's kids, right? Well, his grandkids, rather. Like grandkids, his yes. daughter, yeah. yeah. So I'm hoping that means that we get, uh, Annie Potts as, uh, Janine showing up. That'd be cool. Yeah. I think <laughs> that, um,. Paul Rudd's going to be the villain, right? Well, no, I, I mean, don't know. I'm not saying anyone like, knows overall? that. I'm not saying there's any reason like to say that. I just think that that seems like what it's going to end up being because he's, I hope he's so. like the cool, um, the cool teacher in the episode, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, he's going to be evil. That's my <laughs> guess. There's no, what, I have no evidence for this. It's just based off of the trailer. What would be great is if they pulled a Kylo Ren and just made him like the obsessed fanboy for the Ghostbusters. Oh my and god! Yeah. As as the girl puts on the proton pack, he's like, "Oh no, you know, you're not doing it right. This yeah. is this is my history. Let me yeah. do this. I know so much about them and all that bullshit." And then, yeah, turns out to be which was which movie. was essentially like what the Last Jedi was doing so well, which is like, "Hey, look, this is toxic masculinity <laughs> and toxic fandom." It hit a little too close Kylo to home Red to is, some people. Literally toxic masculinity and toxic fandom of Darth Vader. Right. And right. people are like, "Fuck this movie!" <laughs> Let's even, go after the actors, the the Asian actress in it. Let's do that. Wait, what? What do you he even? He even dropped in the raised DMs. You know, yeah. uninvited, yeah. unsolicited. Yeah, half He's naked. Cool. Too many no. dick pics. Not cool. <laughs> Any picture of not, Kylo Ren is a dick many, pic. You know what? It wasn't dick pics. It was high waisted, <laughs> high waisted pants. <laughs> That's what he sent her. He sent her a series of high-waisted pants. He was like, hey, doggone. Hey, man. Long time ago, a galaxy far, far away. Look at oh. I'm, I'm, I'm wet from water or sweat. I don't know. But, yeah. 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 What up? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> There's a disturbance. You up? Yeah. <laughs> it's 6 a.m. here. It's another galaxy. Oh, yeah. well, you up? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, so you back, so clearly you up. <laughs> right, up? right. I see that read notification. I, I know. I know. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So that's creepy. But the the movie looks interesting. I'm kind of yeah. like disappointed that they leaned on Slimer again. Like Jesus Christ, let that ghost just. <sighs> yeah. I'm not gonna complain about that. That's that's just. Petty. I haven't even seen it. I don't. I, don't... I haven't seen yeah. it. And I like Slimer. I don't know why. I'm just trying to find something to nitpick about. It's fine. I. I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm not going to run out and see it, but I hope it does well, and I hope it's a good movie so yeah. everybody can just go, fuck, this washes away the stank of Ghostbusters 2, finally. That's all I want. So yeah. <laughs> hopefully everybody gets what they want. Yeah, I agree I'm not rushing out to see it, like the way I feel about Wonder Woman, yeah. but I want to see it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, le- oh. Yeah, I was going to say, do you yeah. want to talk about that story of yours 
<laughs> no, I think the I think the uh, that's that a little bit too much time has passed on. I'll just I'll wrap that up real quick. So basically, wrestling fans uh, say homophobic shit sometimes to wrestlers, and finally one of them, Sami Zayn, who is Canadian and uh, of Syrian descent, uh, decided to speak up <laughs> to one of these fans because he's the fucking shit. And right. uh, we appreciate what Sami Zayn does. He's a he's a pro wrestler, but he's got a mind for um, philanthropy as well. Uh, he often raises money for Syria to uh, build um, mobile hospitals there. So if you see uh, any links floating around Sammy for Syria, definitely check that out because, yeah, he's he's a pretty cool dude. Him and uh, Kevin Owens. Uh, they also raise money for, like, um, uh, wildlife conservatories and all that sort of thing, too. Just oh, real okay. cool dudes that you wouldn't expect them to be as, as pro wrestlers. You expect them to be meatheads, but no, the meatheads are in the crowd. So... Giving us a bad name. Fuck off homophobes and racists. Uh, the end. The end. Yeah. <laughs> the end. Uh, I got a cool book to review yeah. this week. Joe Go Hill. Joe Hill, who you may know uh, from Lock and Key, the comic, uh, from the, uh, the, the book Nosferatu that was narrated by uh, Kate Mulgrew. Mulgrew, thank you. God, because you knew I was going to forget. Yeah. Kate Mulgrew. <laughs> <laughs> with a with a TV show recently uh, that that premiered on um, it wasn't on Hulu it was on AMC and uh, it was excellent I enjoyed it. Um, Joe Hill wrote a book called Dying Is Easy. It's a comic rather. It's a comic miniseries. Uh, it's about a stand up comedian that decides to fight crime. So it's like Ooh. your 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 anti Joker. Yeah. Uh, it's got a cool little um, it's got a cool little story in there. Uh, it's very dark. Very adult. Okay. Um, as all of Joe Hill's writing is, but that's why we love him. Uh, check it out. It's out now from IDW when you get a chance. I cool. highly recommend. Sounds good. Yeah. So, real quick, Wall of Weird. Wall of Weird. All right. This one is crazy. This is out of BBC News. Okay. Uh, and this is from December 6th. So, it's a couple days ago. But this British woman, her heart stopped beating. And... Uh, Six hours later, she was brought back to life. Six <laughs> hours. Audrey wow. Schumann developed severe hypothermia when she was caught in a snowstorm while hiking uh, in Spanish Pyrenees with her husband in November. The doctors say it's the longest cardiac arrest ever recorded in Spain. Wow. So she she's made a near full recovery after the ordeal. And she's like, I'm going to go hiking again in the spring, which, by the <laughs> way, what the fuck? Why are you not done with hiking? Yeah, I'd, I'd give it a little bit of a, of a rest. Exactly. To be sure. So she's 34 yeah. years old and she began having trouble speaking and moving during severe weather in hiking and she fell unconscious. Wow. Her condition worsened while waiting for emergency services and her husband believed she was dead. Man. So. They couldn't find a heartbeat. They couldn't find a pulse. So rescue team arrived two hours later. Fuck. Her uh, body temperature had fallen below 18 degrees Celsius. Mm. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Someone convert. Someone grab a calculator. I don't know. <laughs> uh, upon, uh, so she, she had no vital signs when she got to the hospital. Um, so basically, the, the temperature kept her alive like she was in hypothermia and that that allowed her to have a chance to survive the hypothermia protected her body and brain 
18 so degrees was, Celsius is 64 degrees Fahrenheit. Jesus. So, yeah. so she, because she was in hypothermia, her body and brain were not deteriorating while she was unconscious, even though wow. she was like in cardiac arrest for a long period of time. That's amazing. That was going to be my next question. Like, how did her brain react to this? Because her you know? body was so cold that wow. it was basically protecting. It was like she was in um, just stasis. That's so this crazy. is what they did. They um they so they had a race against time. The doctors treated Mrs. Schumann um with a specialized machine capable of removing blood, infusing it with oxygen, and then reintroducing it to the patient. Hmm. Once her body had reached the full or reached thirty degrees Celsius, they used a defibrillator to jumpstart her heart, which was some six hours after emergency services were contacted. Mm, wow. Released from the hospital 12 days later, she only has some lingering issues with mobility and sensitivity in her hands due to hypothermia. Holy crap. So it's a weird story, but it's also like a good wall of weird story. Like we have so many bad wall of weird stories. So this was like, Yeah. And it's amazing. I just like lowball it by calling it like an exceptional case. Like, no, dude. <laughs> yeah, don't. Don't be dumb it's, hiking. There was someone um, who I follow on Instagram the other day. She posted a video of this woman who was out like running with her boyfriend, husband, whatever in. And it was like snowing. She's like, it's great. Like, it's it's really nice. Like you get the ground is so secure and so great and everything like that. You know, you get more traction this way. Actually, it was like an actually type of moment from this like douchey runner. And then, you know, the camera woman or uh, the anchor woman, whatever, she goes, okay, cool. Well, you guys stay safe out there, whatever, and bye. And then they go running off, and the cameraman <laughs> follows them, and then the woman falls flat on her ass. Like, oh, right. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> oh, you fucking idiot. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, obviously, everything in moderation. <laughs> Just don't be stupid when it no. when it comes to things like that, like hiking and stuff. Like, wow. Yeah, I, I know some people live that life, but yeah, I mean, there's there's too much of everything, even good things. Agreed. Be careful out there. Yeah. So we've got some more things to talk about, but we're gonna move over and do a mini episode for our Patreon. That's right. You know, um, you should check out the Patreon. Because we've got a lot of good mini episodes over there for you to listen to. Things that you haven't heard before if you haven't contributed yet. Oh. We oh, sorry. You okay. I, I was going to plug in my laptop and that oh. was the that was the metal of my desk and the metal of the laptop charger. So yeah. Shit. You know what it sounded like? It's like when you plug in a lamp and the bulb just pops. Oh you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. That and you just hear bad. that like electrical just zoom, you know, yeah. that's what it no, sounded no, I'm like, good. oh shit. It's good. We're good. <laughs> okay. Good. 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 Yeah, patreon.com slash Lex and Matt for exclusive minis. We got stickers. We got merch. We got mugs. We got drugs. No, we don't have drugs. Mugs on. No drugs. No, no drugs. No drugs. Just, we got hugs, you know. Mugs no and drugs. hugs. Mugs and hugs. Yeah. We got enough to slap <laughs> you in the face, too. I mean, go go look. Go look. It's not lying. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best hug of all. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> well worth the price. will keep you warm for days. <laughs> for days. It'll Day. sting like a motherfucker. But it's going to be great. All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Here's a preview, We're gonna... quick preview for this week's mini episode. Pete Davidson. Grilled cheese. Piano. 
subscribe. Banjo. No, I'm kidding. Banjo. <laughs> We've exhausted banjo talk. <laughs> yes, so subscribe to the Patreon. We love you, and you're the best. Yeah, you're great. You're great little sweet chili babies. <laughs> All right, folks, I'm Matt Peters. I'm Matt Flutes. Be excellent to each other. Bye.